Red Alert, Strange New Worlds listeners, a brand new Star Trek Discovery Season 2 trailer just dropped earlier today, and it's time to analyze it on Strange New Worlds, a science and Star Trek podcast. I've got my friend Peter Gal here with me. Peter, we'll introduce why you're actually in town on the next scheduled Strange New Worlds podcast episode, but suffice it to say, you are here in the flesh, and you have seen the Star Trek Discovery Season 2 trailer. One word, Peter, to describe the way you feel. Amazeballs. Amazeballs. (laughs) That's an interesting word. Okay. So what we're going to do for you right now is we're going to watch it again together, but at a pace where we can talk about it. So either of us may feel free to pause this trailer as we go along and we can talk about what we see from a science and Star Trek perspective. Now, both of us are extremely deep, hardcore Star Trek fans and we're practicing scientists, space scientists, planetary scientists. We love everything that we're going to see in this trailer and we're just going to gush about it, most likely. Yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Peter just can't wait to gush about it. Come on. I want to I say, uh, on a very historical note, this really brings this podcast so full circle to me because it was the season one Star Trek Discovery trailer that really spurred me to create Strange New Worlds. It was a random, just out-of-the-blue decision to do it. There were some contributing factors, of course, like the fact that I had assigned podcast creation as a assignment in my astrobiology class, the fact that I gave a Science of Star Trek talk that I really loved doing and performing in in front of a live audience those two sort of mesh together but the real spark for creating this podcast really was the fact that the star trek discovery trailer hit and there was this beautiful image of two protoplanetary disks that nobody else seemed to be talking about everybody else was worried about the plot the characters the costumes and i was just like that's a beautiful depiction of real scientific something that's happening in outer space let's talk about what's going on and so i think today we will do much the same thing for the discovery season two trailer and i'm just excited to share this moment with you peter you ready to go I am ready. Okay, here we go. There we go. Heading over to YouTube right now. I'm clicking the button. Is that high def? We have always looked to the stars. What? To discover who we are. Warp. Warp. We're back to using warp. Yes, so apparently the discovery isn't jumping, which is to be expected, right? Yep, yep. I mean, they kind of cleared that up, uh, or they got... Did they get rid of it at the end? I guess Stamets just decided on a personal level he did not want to right. do any more jumps because right. it was messing up his body. I want to just say the first words that Michael Burnham utters in this trailer, like we're only nine seconds in and it really struck a chord with me. We look to the stars. We've always looked to the stars to discover who we are. Yes. And that's just... We are stardust. We are stardust, right? Yeah. It's amazing the story that science tells about who we are. It's kind of crazy. Like, who would have guessed early on before we could look at what those pinpricks of light were in the sky and understand how they formed and how they died and how they contributed to creating planets like ours and life like ours that we were literally stardust? 
that is just like nobody would have guessed that and then science told us that that's that's who we are yeah and and i guess uh it was carl sagan's cosmos series that and book that really popularized this idea and made us appreciate our origins and i'm pretty sure that aired after the original star trek right it was in the in the 70s or 80s or something and as far as i know Star Trek hasn't really come upon that idea, even though there was plenty of Star Trek in the 90s and, and even in the early noughties. <laughs> but it looks like Star Trek Discovery is really kind of capturing that original inspiration that kind of pervades space exploration these days. So that's, that's really cool. And all of that from just the first nine seconds. <laughs> yeah, we learn about ourselves by looking out there. Okay, let's keep going. Yeah. Oh. Can we see? Wait, hold on. Wait. Okay. Where? Okay. She's in wreckage. Can we see what wreckage it is? Okay. Let me. Can we back up just a tad? Yeah. Okay. There we are. She's there. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Looks like. So this is a top-down view we're looking at. It's second fourteen, and Michael Burnham is in some kind of EV suit. Yes. Say? Yeah. Yes. Not the jetpack from the first two episodes no. or for the first episode of Discovery, but definitely some kind of EV suit. Uh, surrounded by flaming wreckage, it looks like. Can you tell what this kind of wreckage is? Your your well-trained Star Trek eye, Peter. It's definitely wrecked, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> but I have no idea. I guess there's some glowing, there's some devices up there, like this, this like bits with the red, and I don't know what that is. But I guess they're not telling us anything. Yeah. This. No spoilers. Okay. Okay. And then we fast forward, we get a, uh, a shot of Burnham. She looks like she's in distress inside of her ev suit with everything glowing around you can see the little star trek insignias yeah. peppering the sleeves of her ev suit that that's a motif that i think was started with the 2009 movie right with the little mm. star trek chevrons just repeated very small right. on clothing and um to be honest it was not my favorite design motif for clothing um when it first came out it just seemed like it was overdoing it a bunch but it's sort of growing on me. Yeah, maybe they're taking advantage of just high definition of TV. I mean, for all we know, the original Star Trek had this, and the quality was just not good enough to see it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one thing that I just noticed right now was that Burnham has four lights on the right-hand side of her EV suit. Now, I don't know what that means. Maybe it doesn't mean anything, but there are four lights. Are you sure? How many lights? <laughs> there many are lights, four <laughs> lights. <laughs> no, but I mean, okay, I don't know. This is complete wild speculation, but four lights they in a row. They look like rank pips from TNG or something mm. like that. And I know in Discovery, they put the rank pips onto the badge, right? But they do still look like rank pips. So if the EV suit is displaying rank pips here... Burnham is a captain. But that's complete wild, stupid speculation. It's probably not the case. Probably all EV suits have four glowing lights, but there are four lights. There are four lights. Okay, so let's continue with this. Actually, before we continue, she did mention that... There's a message. There's a message if you're open to it in space and time. It's like a message about what? A message about what she just said, who we are in space and time. 
like very deep fundamental scientific reality that right. she's going to discover in season two. Oh my gosh. And well, that's different. That's not fighting against uh, an enemy. That's like exploring the unknowns of existence. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, and this reminds me almost of some kind of dramatic revelation that you would have about who you are such as in that Next Generation episode, The Chase, right. where they discover that all these humanoid species, the Cardassians, Romulans, Klingons, and humans, they're all descendant from the progenitor races, sprinklings of DNA and precursor material for biology on all of these different yeah. growing worlds. And it's almost like that kind of a profound thing in my mind that I'm imagining Burnham finding. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, that was just some random TNG episode, but it has so many consequences for Star Trek. Maybe they're actually going to do the idea justice and spend a whole season on it. That would be spectacular. Okay, so let's keep watching. We're uh, moving on, uh, pressing play at second 16. Okay, that was weird. I'm sorry to pause it again so soon. <laughs> two seconds, Mike. Yeah. It's been two well, seconds. What the hell is that? Second 17 and 18, essentially, what we're looking at is something very blurry, but it's almost like a humanoid figure, kind of, with wings that are spreading or coming down. A lot of branches. Branches. It almost also looks like a vertical slit pupil for, like, with a predator. Yeah. yeah, like an eye. But it's all very glowy and peach-colored and pink. And I don't know what's going on, but it's almost as if something is going to reveal itself. I, I feel tinglings of future guy from Enterprise right now. <laughs> Please no. <laughs> Please no. <laughs> this okay. is something else. Unrelated. And we're moving on. Keep going. It's walking like a biped. Oh my god. Ah! <laughs> oh my god. Pause, pause. That reminds me a lot of um, the J.J. Uh, Abrams Pike, played by Bruce Greenwood. Bruce Greenwood? Yeah, yeah, Bruce Greenwood. Yeah. So you're telling me that, and I don't remember the actor's name. Anson? Ansel? Anson? Anson Mont? Okay, well. The new Pike. <laughs> the new Pike. Reminds you of the Kelvin Timeline Pike. Yes. How so? Basically, very... Straight to business, I think. Straight to business, absolutely in command of the situation. I mean, the man has been on board two seconds, and he just takes over, and he's completely confident about that decision. So, I like that. That's fun. Okay, Peter, but did you see this coming at all? I mean, we left on a cliffhanger at the end of season one where Discovery is captainless, and they're going to Vulcan to pick up their new captain. And whether or not Pike... Was that captain that they were supposed to pick up? Or if he just intercepted the Discovery and is taking over it? Did you see that coming? We know Pike's Enterprise came into view, but I definitely did not see Christopher Pike coming on board the Discovery and actually becoming the captain for season two. Well, hold on. I mean, are we sure that he's going to be there for all... Actually, are we sure? I guess he's, he's a pretty big... Yeah, they made a pretty big deal. Uh, about Pike and especially hiring of this new actor for season two, so I don't, I don't think he's gonna be just a one episode guest star. Uh, so I think you're right. Yeah, he, he's probably gonna command 
Discovery for a couple of episodes. And whether I saw it coming, no. I, I had no idea what was going to happen. As with many things with Discovery, I have no idea and I've decided to stop trying to figure out what's going to happen because there's always a twist, there's always a surprise, and it's, it's great. All right, so he takes over the Discovery because of a certain technicality, a regulation, and that regulation requires, as Saru will tell us, Imminent threat. Pause. Pause. So, their sensors are able to go out to 30,000 light years? <laughs> okay, Peter. How far is that? Like, how big is our galaxy? I think galaxy is 100,000 light years. And you know how I remember that? How? I remember the order of magnitude size of the galaxy because I know that Voyager had to traverse 70,000 light years to get home. <laughs> and like literally, I've been asked how big is our galaxy at like science outreach panels. And that is the thought that comes into my mind. Like, I don't remember it because I read it in a textbook or whatever. Yeah. I remember it because I know Star the, the Starship Voyager had to traverse 70,000 light years to get home. And those order of magnitude is the size of the galaxy. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Actually, at the end of Voyager, they were 30,000 light years from home. So they discovered these red red blotches or red, red lights. Red something. <laughs> Seven red things. Now, at second 50... Um, they've got one of these red things on the view screen. Supposedly, it's one of those red things. And it looks like a star. Hmm. And this is curious because for you and me in the space business, we know that red stars are actually the smallest, coolest, and dimmest stars in the galaxy. Right? So these can't be simply normal red stars. Right. There's plenty of those. There's plenty of those. Diamond doesn't. 70% of the stars in the galaxy are these red stars, but you can't see a single one of them with your naked eye, no matter where you stand on Earth. Um, you need some kind of telescope. And that's just saying how dim they are. You can't see 70% of the stars in the, in, in the galaxy. And so it's unlikely that these are just run-of-the-mill new seven red dwarfs that just popped out of nowhere because... They wouldn't be that big of a deal. Right. But there is a different kind of red star, and people actually may be more familiar with what's called a red giant star. Mm -hmm. That is a star that's near the end of its life. It's sort of puffed up because it's it's running out of fuel inside of itself, and it's about to basically shed off its outer layers and and go into a completely different phase of its life probably go nova and end up being white dwarf or a neutron star even if it's a sufficiently massive star yeah i don't know maybe this is what that is would you think you would notice seven new giants giant stars i would but i have a feeling they're alien in origin mm. and mysterious yeah, so this may not be a, a simple astrophysical phenomenon. I mean, for all we know, it's related to the spore drive because didn't that like mycelial warp core on the ISS Charon? They look, were gonna blow up the. Oh right, it looked yeah. like a star. Yeah, yeah, it looked like a star. That's true. Yeah, but they were also like destroying the network or something. Yeah. Um, well, that um, weird alien thing with the the branches as wings also was surrounded by red light so maybe mm. it's uh, there are related connections there yeah okay shall we let's press on these mysterious signals 
Commissioner Malice. Let's find out. Aye, sir. Some Lenny Kravitz there. Alright, landing party in those suits. Some new kind of shuttlecraft. Yeah. Spinning around. Running around. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Buzz. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the bridge crew is going to get a lot more screen time. Yes, and we've been begging for it <laughs> yes. um, on Twitter and etc. We love the bridge crew of the Discovery. We want to learn more about them. Yeah. We want them to take more action. And uh, I feel like we got a little snippet of that with the con officer and the operations officer or the navigator. I don't know. Like in TOS, it's the con officer and the navigator. Right. In TNG, it's the con officer and the operations officer right. up there. In Voyager, is just Tom. It's just Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually know. Uh, I, I, I feel like I should, but this speaks to why we want to know more about the right. bridge crew. It's because yeah. like, we don't actually know what they do. Yeah. And so... We've got the two ladies up at the front of the bridge sort of panicking <laughs> about what to do next. And uh, I feel like we'll just see a lot more of their their characters. Right. Even if they're still playing auxiliary roles to the main characters, hopefully they get a little bit more time in the spotlight. Yes. Looking forward to it. Uh, anything else you want to say about what we've seen so far? Uh, looks like there was a piece of metal stuck in the uh, kind of the... the transparent dome in uh, Captain Pike's little shuttle, so he's clearly in trouble. Yeah, I'm kind of curious about these very spinny, maneuverable shuttles. I don't really know what they are. They kind of look like escape pods, but they're a little bit too technologically capable for them, I feel like. (laughs) They remind me almost of the jellyfish ship that Spock used in the 2009 movie just because of the whole spinny aspect to them. But uh, I don't really know. Again, they're in an asteroid field, which is far too dense, but whatever. It's science fiction. You're going to do that. that. Yeah, you're just going to do that to be exciting. I don't know why Captain Pike says I'm in free fall, because that implies a large gravitational source very near to where he is pulling him in. And if it's truly an asteroid field, I don't really know what that would be. Um, yeah, although he, later on we see something that's kind of strange in an asteroid field. Yeah, I guess he's just lost helm control. Should have just said that. Yeah, yeah. But we'll see. Maybe it's different. Maybe it's different. Whoa. Is it the power of math, people? Yeah. Power of math. <laughs> Mr. Spock. Oh, Pulsar. <laughs> that's uh, the comedian. See that thing right there. So what we're pausing is... at 155. They're navigating this asteroid field, the Discovery is, and then all of a sudden something big happens. It almost looks like a giant wave, shockwave, shockwave yeah. through the asteroid field. So I don't know what that is. Uh, could be related to whatever Captain Pike is free-falling towards. Right. And there's Spock. Spock has been mentioned. Spock has been mentioned. He's, He's linked to these things. He's gone to search for answers. And they're searching for 
Spock. Spock. <gasps> yeah, search for Spock. <laughs> search for Spock. Oh, it's so derivative. Maybe that's what the whole second, <laughs> second season will be about, basically searching for Spock. Right. And we'll finally see him, like, in the last episode of the yeah. second season. Zach, Zach Quinto will guest star the last moment, and we have no idea. Yeah, you think basically they're buying time to, like, get Zachary Quinto to, like, sign a contract? Yeah. play ball. Come on. <laughs> Take a pay cut. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. What do you think? Do you think we should bet now on when, if or when, we will see Spock? I feel like we will definitely see Spock, but we might not see Spock's face. Actually, watching this trailer, I was expecting sort of, you know, an year or something. Just any indication that we will see Spock. But hey, they haven't finished filming the whole season, so who knows? Do you think we'll see Spock sometime in season two? I will bet that we will see Spock. Yes, in season two. I don't think we, we might not see his face. I don't know. I feel like they might play it like that, but we'll see. Interesting. Interesting. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, do I take the position that we will see Spock and his face and he will play a prominent role in one of the episodes, at least? Or do I take the position that we will actually not see Spock in season two and they don't mm. find him? What do you think? <sighs> My position is clear. Okay. I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to say they find Spock. And I say this because I feel like they got home from the Mirror Universe a lot quicker than I thought they would. I thought it would last the entire season, and then the cliffhanger at the end would be they just got back to the original universe. But it happened at a faster rate than that. And so I'm actually wondering, all of this footage in the trailer right now, is it just from, like, the first episode? Right. It seems like, I mean, they can't be navigating Asteroid Field for, like, five episodes. <laughs> yeah. So this could be, a, which is pretty amazing, because I thought um, CGI is the last thing they do. So it looks pretty good already. Yeah. So if this is the first episode, then it looks, sounds like it's almost done. Yeah, and so I'm going to say they find Spock, just because I'm getting the indication that most of this footage is from the first episode, and... Star Trek Discovery just moves at such a pace that they'll probably find him. Right away? Maybe not right away. Maybe like a few episodes in. Okay, so how about this? I don't know how long season two is going gonna, is gonna to last. But if they find him and he isn't just a silhouette or like a voice... You buy me some ice cream. If your, <laughs> your prediction is true... I feel like your prediction has a lower probability of being true just because it's a more specific prediction. Right. So It's like in the middle. Okay, so so if it's absolutely true that we do see Spock, but not really? I, I like that way of phrasing. Yeah. Okay, that's less specific, which means I have a higher chance of winning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if it takes the entire season to find Spock, but they do find him, mm-hmm. but they don't completely reveal him. So I guess the question is like, do we have to get used to another face playing Spock? It'll yeah. be the third. Well, I mean, if you take into account kid Spock and, and older Spock and, you know, there's lots of Spocks, but this will be the third major actor to play Spock. Right. On Star Trek. So. And you don't think they think we're ready for that? Yes. Huh. Especially since, yeah, especially since, you know, there's going to be more movies. So that Quinto will come back and play Spock. And if we have this other Spock on Discovery... That would be strange. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. It's a good rationale. Yeah. Um, so just to close out this bet, okay, if they take the entire season to see Spock and they find him, but they don't fully reveal him to us, 
I will buy you one of those starships <laughs> from that company that makes those brilliant starship models, like Eagle Eagle Moss. I will Eagle, buy you one of those Eagle Moss starships. I'll take the discovery. Thank you. <laughs> okay, it's a deal. It's a deal. But so then, if throughout the season, even if we get to the end and we do see Spock, and we actually see him and we see his face, I mean, do do you want to like? If it's actually Zach Quinto versus another actor, I guess it doesn't matter. Like, if we do see a face, then I will, I guess, buy you ice cream. No, that's that's too small. I will buy you. No, I feel like do, that's... Do you do you want to do you want a starship too? I mean, <laughs> I would have to make a prediction that is like as specific as yours. That's just the opposite of that. Like, I say we'll see Spock, but we won't really see him. And you think, and you say. We do see Spock. Yeah, but, but we do any, see him. But at any time during, the, like, they could find him at any point during the second season. Yours is they have to take the entire season to find him. Right. And so if Spock appears, you know, whether it's episode two or episode fifteen or anywhere in between. Right. So that's why I say my mine is oh, so I much see. more general. So the reward for it being true should be less. Be less. Yeah. Maybe I'll get you an Eagle Moss shuttlecraft instead of a whole <laughs> starship. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pick your favorite small vehicle. Know that James has already gotten me the uh, the Delta Flyer. Delta Flyer yes. so. Maybe I'll buy you a, a Star Trek ship from a crappier company. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's watch the rest of this trailer. <laughs> okay. All right. So moving on from 155. Whoa. Wow. Why? Wait, which ship was that? Was that the Enterprise? That was Discovery. No. Getting hit by that asteroid. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Linus. Linus. Yes, man, it's going around. Why would you aim it at a person, Linus? <laughs> Early. 2019 okay so let's talk about that last part of the trailer here something i noticed was while they were walking down this strangely lit corridor they had what appeared to be drones Mm -hmm. flashlight drones maybe the drones do other things too but that's one of the first instances of drones being used by the federation but hey why not we live in an age of drones right now yeah it's like a canary like a pair of canaries yeah yeah why didn't they use them before why would they put the captain with some tricorders at the front of the away mission? That seems super dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like it should be a regulation or something. Yeah, yeah. But you know Kirk. Kirk won't let drones go ahead of him. Of he's, course. He's got to be first in line. <laughs> um, what else did you notice in this last part? Well, a ship got pretty damaged. Yeah. Okay, yeah. maybe we can... Uh... Let's go back, because I'm not so sure it's Discovery. Oops. Uh... Oh, no, it's Discovery. All right. Oh, wow. Discovery is getting a, a huge chunk knocked out of it. Yep, by this asteroid. That's really, really hard. <laughs> Definitely not a rubble pile oh, yeah. asteroid. Tell me, tell me about rubble pile asteroids. Well, rubble pile asteroids are essentially just loose conglomerate of rock that's kind of stuck together because of their mutual gravity with probably a lot of dust filling some of the cracks between the rocks. But... They are very soft for an asteroid. So, for example, if one of these were coming at Earth and we try to blow it up, the force from perhaps like a nuclear weapon won't actually do much damage. The asteroid may just absorb the shockwave. 
versus, say, an actual chunk of rock that is solid that can be broken apart. So these are basically balls of sand in space. Yeah. Essentially. Yes. Um, and you're saying that a ball of sand in space is more dangerous than a solid boulder in space, at least when it comes to planetary defense and these could, things. Yeah, could, could, be. could be. Could be. But uh, for, for a starship, you know, I guess anything would be dangerous because starships travel pretty fast. Yeah. And you don't really want to hit your hull up against anything. They say that, you know, when you're traveling at warp speed, if you hit a even a flake of dust, like a micrometeorite, that's going to punch a huge hole through your hull. And that's why starships have deflector dishes, right? Right. Um, which is such a cool concept that I'm, I'm so glad Gene Roddenberry or whoever was working for him, like, realized if you're going to travel at the speed of light, you better have something to clear your path in front of you. And so they designed deflector dishes into Star Trek ships. Yeah. So brilliant. Like, a lot of science fiction doesn't even think about that. Fictional science. <laughs> and um, here we have the Discovery, unfortunately, meeting something that their deflector dish could not get out of the way, a large, very solid, very sharp asteroid. Let's see, what else is what in else? this trailer here? Um, punch it. Punch not, it. No, not he punch said, it. hit it, right? Hit it. Hit it. He said hit it. Well, that's this universe, I guess. <laughs> Okay, and then and then we get introduced to the Saurian Linus, who apparently has a cold and sneezes green goo over this unfortunate doctor. You think this doctor is like Captain Pike's friend, you know, from the cage? I can't remember the doctor's actual name, the character, but Captain Pike had this really nice relationship with his doctor friend, the chief medical officer on the Enterprise, who was not just his physician, but also his counselor. And they had some really nice moments in the cage together. Maybe this is that guy. And Maybe. Unfortunately, wow. he got sneezed on. This really reminds me of Keenzer from oh, the yeah. <laughs> Kelvin timeline. How his snot was acidic. Acidic Corrosive. snot. Corrosive. <laughs> acidic snot that was actually used to escape from crawls. Uh, <laughs> base yeah <laughs> in star trek beyond so uh luckily for this doctor looks like sorry and snot is not quite as corrosive although it's still pretty disgusting <laughs> captain pike is like what the heck <laughs> oh man okay um so that wraps up that trailer yes um what are your thoughts now seeing this thing again for a second time i think there are definitely hints of something big anytime you play with something impacting half of the galaxy or a third of the galaxy that sounds like it's big it's it's something important to the fictional universe and they're going to take multiple hopefully multiple episodes to fully explore it at the same time i feel like we've only seen the first episode most of the footage was them going through the asteroid field and so I feel like there's still so much of the season that is a mystery. It seems like, as Discovery seemed to do each season as an overall arc, the arc may be looking for Spock, uncovering these mysterious red orbs around the galaxy, these signals, maybe discovering what that mysterious humanoid with the branchy wings are. But at least the first episode seems to be packed full of action because they get to run around in an asteroid field. The thing that I get from this trailer is the sense of humor that is going to be sprinkled through the season. I think they really wanted to, to show that there's going to be a lighter side to season two in terms of the fact that they're just not at war anymore. This is all about exploration. This is all about discovering the characters and solidifying the relationships between the characters that we got to know in season one. And 
it's really exciting to me to be able to see some of that humor invade the very first trailer for season two. I loved Tilly's line. That's the power of math, people. <laughs> like, wow, that's such a Tilly thing to say. Yes. And it's uh, it warms my heart. Tilly is really my favorite um, so far in Discovery just because she represents that giddiness that we all get when we are exploring something that is unknown. The joy of discovery. Exactly. <laughs> and I feel like that's what we're going to get a lot more of in season two. Or at least that's what I hope for. And, and that hope hasn't been dashed by this trailer. Right. And I'm excited to see the discovery crew not during a time of war. And in fact, that kind of reminds me of um, what happened with Star Trek 2009. Their first trailer, actual trailer, uh, was this high-octane rock song trailer with a lot of uh, flashy explosions and everything. So I wonder if we're going to get a, a another trailer. I'm sure we'll get another trailer. But I wonder if that trailer is going to be the more emotional, sort of heavy trailer that was Star Trek Nine's second trailer, which I absolutely loved. It was amazing. Okay, any final predictions, Peter, for Season 2 of Star Trek Discovery? You know, as with most things Discovery, I'm not going to make any predictions besides our, our Spock bet. Yeah, we got a bet. <laughs> because it's just going to be so full of surprises. I'm sure, I mean, I am super anticipating what's about to happen. And I just, I'm just going to enjoy the ride. I'm just going just gonna to have fun. Well, I'm not going to let you off that easy, Peter. I'm going to ask you a series of lightning questions. Oh yes or no, you have to go with your gut. Okay. Okay. Let's do it. First question seems like they left the Enterprise behind in the first episode. You know, I was assuming we're interpreting events correctly. Does the Enterprise come back and play a significant role in Season 2? No. Interesting. I think it will depend on the discovery. Okay. Okay. Does number one, we know she's cast now. Yes. Actually, Peter, who's the actress? Because I don't really know. Oh, the, so the actress is Rebecca Romaine. Um, I'm not sure I pronounced that correctly, but... Uh, she's famous for playing Mystique on the older, I guess, X-Men movies, involving our old friend, Sir Pat Stew. Oh, yeah. I, I think I've seen that guy in a show or two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's familiar. He's <laughs> pretty good. Okay. Does number one join the crew of the Discovery like Captain Pike does? You know, she's a pretty big name. So, on one hand, I wonder... If they release this news to hype up season two, but really she's going to show up in the first episode and that's it? No, I don't think she's going to play a big role. I don't see why Enterprise's number one would join Discovery. And we didn't see her at all in the trailer, I don't think. Right. Yeah. Okay. Linus. Linus. Is Linus going to be a big thing or is he just going to be one of those side characters? Linus is going to be the comic relief. The comic relief. The comic relief. Okay, that's, that's that's a bold prediction. That's you know what? Yes, I will make a prediction. Yes, <laughs> Linus is gonna be hilarious. Okay, does Linus speak? No, Linus does not speak. So he's gonna be like a mourn. Yep, just a mourn. He's gonna make noises as we just saw, but and and of course everyone's going to understand him. Oh yeah, totally. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna see Michelle Yeoh. Yes. Oh, definitely. You think so? I think so, I definitely. Said no, really? I think so. She's going to show up and help them in some way because they let her go, right? And Michelle Yeoh seems seems she's had a good time on the show, so I think she'll come back at least for one episode. Fascinating. Yep. Prediction. That is a bold prediction. 
That so is a very You're making me predict things. I okay, okay. Predict this. We're gonna see Lorca. Meaning not mirror Lorca, but Actual Lorca. Actual Lorca. I'm gonna say no. Yeah, because Lorca he's He's last so last season. Lorca is so last season, you know? So I think um, obviously they're going to reference last season since it's a very heavy continuity show. But I think bringing in Lorca opens a whole other box, a whole other um, Pandora's box. Okay, final lightning round question. Okay. Dr. Hugh Colbert. We're going to see him? Yes. Ooh. Yes. We definitely, we have to. We have to. We just have to. But he's dead. Oh, please. <laughs> Nobody mean dies in science no, fiction. Exactly, exactly. We'll see him again. We'll see Stamets uh, grieving for him, and then something's going to happen. I don't know what, but something's going to happen, and he's going to come back. This is amazing. There's so much to look forward to. The trailer says early 2019, which means we'll probably get in, in December. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, I really hope that it's early 2019. And I trust the Discovery team to deliver again something that is really a great new addition to the Star Trek mythos. And I think they really succeeded in that. They definitely brought in new fans. Yes. Uh, as we know, some of our friends have joined us in this ride who have never seen Star Trek before. And they did it in a way that was very unique. And I think that's good. That's fresh. A fresh take on Star Trek is, is good. It takes a little bit of getting used to for longtime fans like us. But at the same time, it's not just a repeat of what's happened before. There's some other science fiction franchises where they repeat what has happened before a little bit too much for my liking. You know, like when they basically tell the same story except substitute rebel for resistance. <clears throat> what are you talking about here, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, back to Star Trek. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm just looking forward to this so much. Um, yes. And it feels like, I just feel the, uh, the amount of science in this. Maybe just cranking up. Cranking up a bit. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. Good. Let's end this there before we get into too much trouble wildly speculating about things that will not come true. And bid you farewell until next time. Last word, Peter? I want it to air now, man. (laughs) Me too.